What is up, everybody? This is another episode of 314 Punk. Thanks so much for tuning in. This episode is with Time and Pressure. It's with Drew and David from that band. Uh, this is a good one. It's a long one, but it's a good one. <laughs> so uh, we, we cover a lot of ground with them. Uh, the biggest thing that I want you guys to, to remember uh, before we dive into it is October 21st is their final show in St. Louis. It's also their album release show. It's at the Sinkhole with Fixation, Chemical Fix, Discourage, and Life Sucks. So uh, make sure to check that out. It starts at 7.30. And then uh, actually tonight, October 13th, there is uh, Midwest Lust is playing at the Sinkhole. And that is with, uh, one second here and I can tell you, because I have my trusty phone here. That is with Saren. They're from Chicago. Um, Acid Kids and Janet Christmas. And then on the 15th, of October, this Friday, uh, Fight Back Mountain's new album drops, so make sure you get your pre-order in before that happens. Uh, you can go to their Bandcamp page or the record space. And then also uh, on the 16th, uh, Fight Back Mountain is doing their release show at the record space with Tom Thanks and Grip Slime. So make sure to check that out as well. And uh, there's also the Punk Rock Art Show is happening on the 16th. At, uh, and and the, the Fight Back Mountain show is at 5. And so then at 31 Art Gallery, gallery uh, from 4 to 8, there's a punk rock art show. And uh, yours truly, Wes Hoffman, is actually playing uh, uh, an acoustic set there. And also on October 16th, that's a big day for St. Louis music, uh, Fever Dream is playing. And that's actually David uh, from uh, Time and Pressure. That's a, He plays in that band as well. They're playing with a band called Cavill and Life Sucks at the Sinkhole as well. So take your pick. <laughs> take your pick. The new Fever Dream is also very good. Uh, they put out a new EP and it's very heavy and uh, super good stuff. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. I just want to say thanks also to everybody who came out to our show at the Heavy Anchor. Uh, Wes Hoffman and Friends. Goaltender and Young Animals. We had about 100 people there, and it was just fucking wild and sick. So thank you guys so much. Enjoy this episode with Dave and Drew from Time and Pressure. All right, what's up? I've got Drew and David from Time and Pressure. How are you guys? Living the dream. Very well. Thank you. Uh, I'm super stoked to be talking to you guys. Um, I've said this on the podcast multiple times, but... When I started the 314 Punk account, of course, you guys, I, I feel like you're one of the more well-known and active bands in St. Louis. And I was like, okay, I got to have the time and pressure guys on. But I didn't know any of you guys, except for Travis. Yeah, right. From Better Days. Right? <laughs> Travis from Better Days. I've known him for a really long time. Um, <laughs> um, Travis is going to have to be on the podcast at some point, right? We got to get him um, out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe. But... um. You know, I've I've known what you guys were doing from I've kind of like been following you guys for a little while, and I just knew that you were an active band and kind of a notable band in St. Louis, especially in the hardcore scene. And so I'm really happy to be having you guys on. Well, thanks for having us. Appreciate. I'm it. happy to be here. <laughs> awesome. So tell me a little bit about okay, the the kind of the format how I've been doing this is like asking everyone like kind of what was their aha punk rock moment like just to follow format's sake 
what was like the band that really like clicked for you that you were like hardcore or punk, whatever, you know, punk, I feel like it's just this all encompassing thing. That's just right. like the name yes. of it. But like, it could be a metal band, like whatever. What was the band that really like grabbed your attention that, that got you into all this? I'm going to turn it over to Dave first. Dave has oh, never man. done an interview for our band. This is the first and only time and the that, last. It, that it will happen, <laughs> which is why I like wanted him to be yeah. here. So he's going to start off. Okay. okay. Thanks, Drew. I, I appreciate that. You know what? That's what I'm here. What you, you're, we're making it sound like a newscast. And back <laughs> oh, over to our man in the streets, Dave. <laughs> um, okay. And so, now time for weather. Yeah, yeah. Weather, weather from Todd. Um, so, yeah, the first band, I mean, I think it's kind of generic, but um, it kind of led me into uh, the alternative music scene. Um, but uh, uh, Nirvana was definitely like oh, hell the yeah. one. That kind of like, because like, you know, I don't know when you're like in like third grade or whatever, you don't really, you're not, not exactly plugged in and like listening to Black Flag or anything. But I think, uh, I think Nirvana was kind of like, because they were sort of that alt band that led to um, other things, you know. Uh, so like through Nirvana, um, kind of getting into the, the alt scene and like Steve Albini stuff. And then uh, that kind of thing. Um, but as far as like like a quote unquote punk kind of band, I think uh, I think Alkaline Trio was oh, kind of yeah. kind okay. of the one for me. Um, that kind of uh, opened you know opened the gates and, and let me sort of find out all kinds of other different stuff. You know, I think I, I found like a split or something that they were on, and and that was kind of that. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I haven't gotten Nirvana yet. That's a that's a good one. I think. I feel like Nirvana is one of those ones that's so obvious that like people don't say it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like everybody skips over it. But if it was like significant, then it was significant yeah, to that for person. Sure. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. And they were huge for me too. Like I had, I mean, they were just during that time. Like when I was growing up, when I just kind of became, you know, coming into adolescence. When you're going through that point in time where you're like have a lot of angst. Oh yeah, absolutely. You don't really know. I, I mean, I didn't really have anything to be too angsty about. Like yeah, you're when just I was a, a kid. Jerk kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh man, you. I, I just remember kind of like, uh, relating to the anger a little bit. You know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> like, um, and and they they had a they did a really good mix of having like slower songs too. Like you know they had, I mean of course they were heavy, but like. They had stuff like "Come as You Are," where it was just kind of like. Yeah, they had the power ballad too. You know. Yeah. They could yeah, just they sure. could write a hook, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they ch they definitely changed. Like, I feel like they really brought alternative music. Like, to well, it was all it was all you know, you know uh, like uh, uh, teased hair and like spandex, and yeah. then, like they they came on the scene in like you know the early '90s when they actually like you know ended up on MTV or whatever, and it was just like. Oh, this is like the cool thing now, and it's like something radically different. It's not. Yeah. It's not some guy, you know, sitting in a room practicing guitar for eight hours so he could shred a solo. You know, although they did have solos, it was a different kind of thing. For you know? sure, for sure. Yeah, and I felt like also that kind of music. Like I still can't play like Eddie Van Halen, but I can play smells exactly. like Teen Spirit. You know, like it's, it's it kind of made it a little bit more know? accessible. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And now back to you, Drew. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Wes. Um, so for me, I think um, when I first really started paying attention to, uh, like, when I first really started paying attention to music that wasn't just like what was on the radio, um, a lot of it was like metal bands, but like 
like I thought I was into metal bands, but they weren't really metal bands. There's a lot of new metal and stuff like that, you know, that's because like that that's what was cool at the time. This would have been like 98, 99. Um, but uh, so Korn's follow the leader. I actually got into Corn post Follow the Leader. I still uh, like Corn, man. I don't even my, care. My first, my first, <laughs> Got the Life is an amazing song. It's it's that's yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah. My my first <laughs> exposure, real exposure to Corn was the Falling Away from Me music video, and uh, but is that the, the like Asylum one? Me down. Yeah, it's the it's the one with uh, that's like starts off with the end of the. Uh, Freak on a Leash video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the, that was that's it. the bullet one, right? That's the Freak oh, on a Leash. Free, yeah, yeah. Right? it's like oh. going through everything. Yeah. But oh, so man, I forgot about that. Video. I had I had this friend. <laughs> I had this friend at school who also liked corn, and so we would talk about stuff like that. And then like I was, he would he would kind of try to get me on to like stuff that was more extreme metal. So he was showing me a lot of like. Like he introduced me to black metal, and he introduced me to like, like thrash and uh, uh, death. Yeah, like death metal and stuff like that. And like none of that really clicked with me, but I knew that like I kind of wanted to continue down that path. And he was always trying to get me to like punk bands, but I always kind of like I didn't really know what punk was. It was more so just like. I had this idea in my head that there was like a divide, and that like if you like metal, you can't like punk. I have no idea why I thought that either because I mean I'm like this is like seventh grade for me and I'm like not it's not I don't know anything about the world yeah. you know for just for some reason I picked up on that and uh, he played me uh, a Napalm Death song and I was just like oh the speed of this is really cool uh, and then he was just like oh this is a this is a cover uh, it's it's originally by this band called Dead Kennedys. Oh, cool. And and it was it was Napalm Death's cover of Nazi Punks. Okay. And then he played me the original one, and they were so radically different. Um, but for some reason, like that that one clicked with me in a way that like other punk bands he tried to get me into didn't. And then like from there, it was just you know uh, uh, started getting into like more political bands, mm -hmm. and that was like what that like opened the 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 what's what's one of those idioms that people say the floodgate there you go that's yeah. the one it did that pandora's and box yeah so like this <laughs> like right around the time that like 9-11 happened uh i started mm. becoming like trying to be politically aware as much as like a 13 year old kid can you know at that time and uh yeah it was like after that it was like all political bands if they didn't talk about politics and play their instruments terribly Posers. i didn't i didn't want it and uh, that was it for me. That, after that, is like all I listened to was Anti Flag. Anti Flag was my favorite band for the longest time. Sick bass part. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. that's why. So good. That's what taught me to play bass. Dude, seriously, like, every that dude j just straight up shreds the whole time. It's sick. And really good. Like they're one of those bands that's like, um, they're kind of they're political, but they also like have a lot of melody, and their songs are catchy. Yeah. yeah. I can only kind of listen. I mean, I like brands like Strike Anywhere that are also like real yeah. socially and politically aware. But like, um, I feel like a lot of those bands are just kind of like, it, for me, sometimes it all runs together. Mm. You know, it's just it's just like, nah, 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 you know, and you right, can't really right. understand what they're saying, and it you know you have to actually read the lyrics. But they're one that I feel like. Really yeah, and Anti Flag opened up a lot for me, and yeah, and like I, I you know, the first bands that I was in, uh, I played bass and sang, and so like, 
because I liked Anti-Flag and I liked Rancid because of their bass parts, like, I was just trying to do that all the time. So, like, my first couple bands was just, like, me playing, me singing, and then when I wasn't, I would just write these, like, bass runs where I would just go up and down, usually the jazz scale, really fast. And then, like, <laughs> oh, That's awesome. <laughs> so it'd just be, like, Just taking it for a walk, That's just what I did. Because I'd get bored, like... Staying on the same note as the guitar player. So I'd just be like, they, they would be writing songs, and I'd just be like, eh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so so what were some of the first bands that you guys were in? Um, my very first band was a band that nobody ever heard. We played two shows. Now we were called The Guts. Okay. And uh, <laughs> we, were like, we were like a street punk band. But, like, not by choice. We just didn't know how to write anything else. So that's, like, we just wrote, like, really crappy riffs. And then I just kind of went, blah, 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 over it. <laughs> we played two shows. My mom made me quit because oh, she, she heard my guitar, the, the guitar player cussing at the second show. <laughs> that was it. And that was it, yeah. We played in this guy's basement. Um, and then after that, I started another band, uh where I also played bass and sang. And um, we originally were called Ziggy and the Love Darts. Okay. Because I thought that, like, I tried to think of the stupidest, most, like, ironically good name I could think of. And for some reason, like... You got halfway there. (laughs) For some reason, I really liked, uh, like, the name Ziggy, probably because of the Ziggy comics. Don't know why. And then... uh, Not David Bowie? Yeah, nothing to do with David Bowie. It was all about Ziggy comics. I man. totally remember the Zimmy, Ziggy comics yeah. from back in the day. It's up next to Family Circus. Uh, what, what was was Ziggy like this, the, the hairless like bald? Yeah, thing? yeah. It was like this little. It was like, like a rotund round. When, yeah, yeah. Okay. when okay. I was a when I was a little kid, my aunt had this like Ziggy doll that had a little like it had a little air tube that you like almost like uh, uh, a little rubber ball that you squeezed. Yeah, like a stress ball? Kind of, yeah. And when you squeezed it, it made him, like, pull his pants down and moon you. <laughs> and I always thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> getting mooned by Ziggy. <laughs> so, yeah, when I figured out that that was Ziggy, the name Ziggy just stuck out of my head. And uh, so we called ourselves Ziggy and the Love Darts. The Ziggy because of the Ziggy comic. The love dart because uh, I found out in my high school, uh, my ninth grade science class, that love darts are a piece of cartilage that come out of certain mollusks, and when they want to mate with other mollusks, oh, it pierces the shell. Yeah, they, it it like impales the other one, oh, and they swap fluids, and that's how they mate. And I thought that that that's was just do like, it does it die then? Is the other no, oh. it's just like a, it's like a thing that just comes out. They did it, did it, it, then it goes back, and that's how they mate. Because like most mollusks aren't male or female, they're they're you know in, in some way hermaphroditic or something, and so like yeah, it it you know just rub up against something, hold it there so it can't get away, and uh, okay, eventually love dart the shit out of that thing. There you go. <laughs> eventually, uh, we we changed our name because we were like we were getting new members. Um, do you know uh, uh, Keenan Skillion? Um, he played in Everything Went Black for a while. He was, oh. in, he was in Braddock for a while. Uh, no, but I know both of those bands, yeah. Um, he, was, he came and started playing drums with us because we went to the same high school. And uh, my friend Sean uh, came and, and started playing. 
Um, he's in a reggae band now. We ran into him oh, the yeah. other night. Um, Dude, great band. Uh, he plays he plays guitar and trombone and sings various right? instruments and sings. Oh, in, that's cool. Uh, a band they used to be called the Driftaways, but then like oh yeah, they changed their name to they well they they kind of reconfigured and changed into a new band that's mostly the same members called the Heavy Step Dub Collective. Okay, but yeah, he was like uh, he was in he he and I were that was like that was like my my best friend in high school, and uh, we we he joined my band because um, he's a really really talented musician. Um, and we just started like becoming more serious and stuff, and we changed our name to uh, the Deficit, okay, which was a stupid name. But we couldn't figure out how <laughs> we. Could, I'm I'm turning this story way longer than it needs to be. But what kind of bands were you in? All right, here's a 33 minute <laughs> diatribe about it. Uh, if you'd like to, if you'd like the uh, bonus content, this is yeah, no, this is gonna be on Patreon. There it is. There'll also be a video Exclusive. of me naked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, you have to pay to not see that. <laughs> uh, the way we picked that name is we all came up with names we liked and we threw them into a hat, and then we pulled the names out. And if anybody went, uh, <laughs> then, then <laughs> we we just threw it out. Okay. And that was the last name that was in there, so we went with that. And our reasoning was because uh, this was right around the time that the Carrie Bush. Uh, uh, election was happening and so like the big one of the big hot topics was what's what's this new what's the new president going to do about the deficit so we were Close like we we're like everybody's talking about it so if we call it's ourselves topical. that yeah then anytime people th- hear that word they're going to think about our band if they've heard about us yeah that's cool that's i mean and that was also still kind of politically aware yeah. too, and we you know? we were we were a very political band uh in the sense that we wrote lyrics of, i wrote lyrics about politics they weren't good but i wrote them <laughs> so, you know. yeah and then i did that for a long time we started out as like a skate punk band and then eventually like Reconfig like members would come and go, and I started getting into hardcore. And then I was like, I think I want to make this a hardcore band, and I just started writing a bunch of music for it. And it ended up becoming like just me writing everything for everybody, and then going here, play this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then like we tr- kind of were a hardcore band for a while, but that's like nobody remembers that. Um, yeah. So what about then? Uh, oh, well, now back to you, Dave. <laughs> okay, with the weather here. Um, so, so yeah, what what were some of the the earlier bands? But I want to kind of, I'm gonna circle it back around because we'll put a pin in. Go that. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, uh, I was uh, uh, cleaning my basement and I found a photo of of my uh, sort of first quote unquote real band, like the the band that went and played shows. Um, it was it was like a reggae rock band uh, called Sugar Cane. Okay. And Sugar King. Or? Sugar Cane. Okay. Uh, because there was like a line from Futurama um, about being crushed flatter than something with a sugar cane truck or something. I don't know. Um, so we named ourselves that uh, because we were dumb high school kids. Um, so yeah, it was a uh, uh, like some really 
bad reggae rock stuff. I don't know. We listen to The Urge a lot, I guess. So we were just trying to rip them off, but not do it well. Sounds kind of like maybe a little 311 influence. A as little well. bit, of course. You know, making out in dark hallways and, and what have you. That was a goal. <laughs> I don't think we ever accomplished it, but yeah, an attempt was made. No, and it's uh, I always photo. loved 311 growing up. I still like, listen to 311. Yeah, like I, I've got some like poor, you know, music oh, taste. Oh, me too. And and that's in there. You know? I, don't, I don't understand why they get such a bad rap. Because of the way they sound. It's because of the way they sound. See, they write the songs that they do, and that's why everybody goes, oh, that band kind of sucks. Oh, man. <laughs> Incorrect. I don't I don't like uh, 311. I don't know if you picked up on <laughs> no, that. I picked up <laughs> no, I picked up on that. No, yeah, we, we're, we're smelling what you're No, man, I, I, I don't know. They were another one of those that was like, when that Blue Album came out in, 90, in like 95, yeah. like I was in like middle school and right. I remember being like, oh yeah, this is like kind of hard. It was like my sister would bring home like CDs that her friends would loan to her and stuff. And that was one of them. And I was like, it had like a ton of cuss words on it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I have to play this like low volume. So my parents don't hear, you know, <laughs> right, like, incognito. yeah, yeah. But I remember like, I remember that being, that was, you know, I liked it. I thought it was heavy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was like, it, it was again, that edgy thing because it was like, oh, it has like rapping on it and like, that was kind of a newer thing yeah. back then, and like everybody was doing it, and so yeah, I think that definitely played an influence. Um, but yeah, it was that that uh, it was hilarious finding that photo. Uh, was that the one you posted the other the, day? Yeah, exactly. Like the guy yeah. playing sax. Yeah, so, so that, like he's somebody now, right? The guy who played sax, Mitch, um, is uh, I guess owns Pie Guy. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, yeah, so I thought that was hilarious because I haven't seen him since like I don't know, probably since that photo was taken, but. Yeah, so that was that was the first band, and then uh, yeah, after that, just started a whole bunch of other stuff. So. Awesome, awesome. So he's in like every band now. Yes. So so I I know time and pressure, better days, fever dream. Yes. Still. That's is, another is, one. And what's? Um. So I was in a band called New Lives. Um, okay. And I guess that still exists. Um. It's just kind of out there in the ether. Um. And. I've got uh, another one kind of in the works right now. Oh, okay. So, and and I feel like aside, there's there's a little bit of crossover with Better Days and and Time and Pressure, same drummer, but like I feel like they maybe are a little bit more on the punk side, you know? Yeah, like, I think so for but sure. The, but for the most part, like Fever Dream is really different. Still, I've heard I heard right. like one of the news that's really different. Like they're all pretty. Different I, bands, so you know. I just listen to a lot. Of I don't think I can do anything so. else but punk. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean, I can play like classic rock, rock riffs and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I could do it. Like, I've played in metalcore bands, but I, just, I don't think I'm that good of a musician to like be a chameleon. Like, right? You know, <laughs> like. Yeah, I'm not either, but I, don't know. I keep trying, anyways. <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about the conception of then. You know, you guys are both in bands. You mentioned Drew that you were getting more into hardcore. Like, how? What? How did? Uh, what was kind of the inception or the conception of Time and Pressure? Um, so, our guitar player James and I have been friends for a really long time, um, and we we met through like just through being two people who liked hardcore bands, um, and uh, we had done a couple bands together. He was in. We did. We did like this really bad uh, straight edge band together called uh, Can We Win, 
um, and like he played guitar, I played bass in that. I like the like, name. Oh, I was I hated the name. <laughs> I hated it every time. It, it reminds I, me of like an old school like youth of today. Or exactly. Like yeah. That. In 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 nobody frowned at that when it came out of the uh, the hat. I don't I don't remember how we picked the name. I'm pretty sure that that. Uh, the guitarist, or I'm sorry, the singer was just like, this is our name. And I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I, I was in that band just to play bass, and that's, that's really it. Um, and uh, anyway, after, while, while I was in that band, I knew that I wanted to sing in another band, but like, uh, nothing, there just nothing was there. So uh, the band that would become Perfect People started and I went and tried out, which was weird because I've never tried out for a band before. But I like showed up and I just had like a bunch of lyrics that I was like, okay, I'm gonna put these over your songs and that's gonna be my tryout. And then that's how I got into the band. Uh, it felt weird not being in a band with James. So I was like, oh, we should bring in a second guitar player about like six months into that band. And James came in, he moved to Ohio a couple years later um, so like when that band was done, um, he was in Ohio and he found out he was going to be moving back. And when he moved back, he was just like, we're starting a band. We're going to do all the things that like we wanted to do in a band that everybody else who we were in bands with was too scared to do. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, cool. Love that. And that's, that's. That's that was the goal. The goal was just like our old bands like didn't want to tour. They didn't want to play like uh, the the we were that band Perfect People. Like the dudes in that band didn't want to play shows. Um, they would just like come up with reasons why they didn't want to play things, or sometimes just not have a reason. They would just be like, "Oh, we got offered this cool local. Nah, I don't want to do it." And I'd be like. Mm. Do you guys want to go play out of town? No. So it'd be like, okay, well, why are we even a band? Just to sit here and write songs and then never play them for anybody? So yeah, I mean, it's like the Beatles. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was the goal. Was just like we're gonna play play cool local shows. We're going to play out of town as much as we can. We're gonna record music. We're gonna release it. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it, it, we. <laughs> somehow even before we had put out anything we had made enough noise that like people were paying attention and yeah so that's um we we just started asking like who could who could play in this band like that was that was the first conversation that we had like who do we know who can play in this band uh dave reached out about playing bass and that's how he came on um i was familiar with his uh with with new lives and I knew that he was a really good musician, so I was just like, "Yeah, Dave's gonna play bass." Like that's that was, awesome. That was <laughs> uh, one of the first, fir one of the first decisions we made. And uh, we I had. I think having a van helped too. It did. Slightly. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah, having having transportation definitely helped. But like, I was always of the mind like we could figure that out whenever we got to. Yeah, it, for sure. Know? I yeah, totally agree with that. I just knew that. I wanted to be in a band with Dave. And we had, like, I think uh, 
Jake, who plays in Direct Measure and uh, Split, okay, like yeah. was technically in our band as second guitar. I guess he was lead guitar player uh, originally, but he ended up quitting because he was just like, I got too much going on. Um, and so, like, some of the early songs were like written with with him. Uh, I guess not really written. James wrote the entire first like six songs or something like that by himself. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and then we, we eventually found Travis. Um, I was trying to do a different band with Travis at the time, actually, uh, with me just playing bass and a friend of ours singing. Um, and James kind of was just like, hey, Travis, you should play in this band. <laughs> and yeah, that, that, cool. that was kind of how it all started. What do you think really contributed to you know, you said that people were kind of already interested before you'd put anything out. Like, what do you feel like? And and I totally love what you're saying about, I'm in the, of the same mindset, like with this music, especially this year, I was like, I'm going to put out the best thing. I'm going to make the best music that I can. That I like, I want to write stuff that I like. I want, and I want to really get it out to as many people as I can. And I want to do the stuff that I never was able to do when I was younger. And now I'm older and I have more resources. And like, I'm in a weird phase in my life where I have a little bit more time to do it like you know um well and COVID actually kind of helped with that because there wasn't a lot going on so I started coming down here a lot and during the week and nights and stuff and just really focusing on it but what do you feel like um really helped you guys out from the beginning like making that noise and but like getting people interested and and what do you feel like really contributed to some of your success of like getting the word out i think that it's it's a combination of a couple things the first being that uh mostly james but also i at different points like booked a lot of shows so we just made a lot of contacts um you know like when people needed a show in st louis he or i or he and i for a while would like just put the show together James also has a really big personality um, in the sense that, like, even when you're not in the same room as him, he's loud. Um, <laughs> like, and he, he just, like, kind of, he kind of, like, commands people's attention. Um, and so he, that makes him, like, somebody, like, he makes a lot of internet friends. I don't know how he does it. Like, I have no <laughs> idea how. He's, he's done that in the since I've known him. Um, and so, like... When you make a lot of friends, people, you know, want to support you. Like, you for know, sure. Like those, for sure. those are all people who could potentially support you, and so, especially yeah. if you're helping them out, booking them a show when they come through town, connecting yeah. them with other people. I'm totally a connector. I love yeah, like for just, sure. yeah, you know, even if it, even yes. if I have nothing to gain from it, if like someone reaches out and is like, hey, we're looking for a show, like, I'll try to get you in touch with every venue that I know or a house or. Yeah. basement or something like that you know and that's that's what he and i used to do um he was way better at it than i was he's way more organized i'm not at all there were times when like i would book a show and then forget that i booked it <laughs> and it'd be like three weeks before i'd be like oh shoot like i gotta find bands for this like that was just a thing that you know i'm very scatterbrained uh which is very helpful when you're a teacher so oh yeah for sure <laughs> future of our country yeah and so, yeah, uh, uh, it, yeah, it was just like James, James being able to make friends with people, make, make connections with people very easily, definitely helped. 
I mean, like, legitimately, our he booked he booked our first weekend tour without anybody having heard. I don't think we had music recorded yet. Uh, he, it was just based on like, hey, you know, we were we used to be in this band. Now we're doing this band. I've booked your band. We're coming to your city. You know, and I think like the the. Fourth or fifth, it was like the third show we had booked, but it ended up being the fourth or fifth that we played uh, was like in Cincinnati with the Cro-Mags and stuff like that. Oh, like, holy shit. Like, and That's again, awesome. we didn't have any music out. Like we had, we had demo tapes on that run by that time that that had happened. But like when it got booked, no one had heard us. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So just previous connections of like being in the in the scene i mean and it, it helps that your music is good <laughs> that's that's what they tell me <laughs> i don't i don't know that that necessarily always helps i've heard some bands that are popular right now yeah without the whole good music part. yeah yeah wait it's wh- subjective there's a lot of oh. bands that suck that's oh what yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i get what you're saying i get what you're saying no i mean i i feel the same way dude especially like a lot of the stuff that that's out there at like that's top 40 now or like I, I'm not even talking about that like I I I have very little opinion of that kind of stuff I in fact <laughs> most of the time I would rather listen to that than like a lot of the like a lot of the punk and a lot of the hardcore bands that are like being pushed at me at any point like, I would agree with that too yeah I mean like I, I would I would much rather listen to a crappy Mariah Carey song it's got a hook yeah it's and just like, a sweet, sweet fantasy thing. <laughs> That's a banger. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, man. I, I see I see a lot of stuff. I mean, I listen to a lot of music on Spotify. That's where I find my music. And you'll see a band that has a million streams on a song, and I'll listen to it, and I'll be like, and it'll be on some playlist that I'm listening to, and I'll be like, I don't get it. And maybe I'm good, older. Good, maybe good it's because I'm older, yeah. but I'm just like, what? Why is this so popular? You know what I mean. Like some some bands are able to market themselves really well. Um, it just is, it is what it is. Like, yeah. I think that's part of it for sure. Like I think I think you have to market yourself well, but I just don't understand if the product is not good. There. I like, mean, <laughs> let's let's not pretend that humans are not incredibly susceptible to like uh, to impression. And like, if you can convince somebody that this band is cool, even if they're not, they'll mm-hmm. believe you. Yeah. And and I, that's that's a thing that like I've always kind of hated about people. Like, I don't know. Maybe you do actually like that band that I think sucks. That's fine. You don't have. You know, my opinion doesn't mean anything. Right. My right. opinion is nothing. Right. People can totally like what they like, you know, but it's it's just a weird I, I totally agree. But there I, there are some a, bands I'm just like, there is no way you actually like this. Right. There's a lot of head scratches. I won't name any names sure. our, until our band is broken up. <laughs> so give it give it a week. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that, you guys just put out a new album. I really like it. It's good. Thank you. Um I, I really liked how you put it out too with like putting out a couple of demos and then like, you know, I'm really big on that. I, 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 I like, I think it's important to put out like <laughs> with, for lack of a better term, you don't want to like blow your whole load too early kind yeah. of type right, thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. you don't want to just like, Hey, here's the whole album. Like, I think it's good to like leak stuff out. Like don't, you know, it, 
content is so important today. It's like, hey, we have if we have 12 songs, like let's release a few of them a few months before the album comes out, get people interested, build hype, anticipation, like, you know, and then the whole album's out and then everybody, you know, yeah. I really liked how you guys did that. So um, tell me a little bit about the process of like writing and recording this album and then why you're breaking up shortly after <laughs> releasing it. <laughs> hey, technically the album is not even out yet. Yeah, so that's true. Like the digital version is. Right, but, right. Um, okay, so we started working on this record. Like our last album, certain members of our band call it our first LP. I don't. I don't think of it as an LP at all. It was it was like going to be a seven inch and then we kind of tried talking uh the 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 dude at safe inside records who released it we kind of tried talking him into doing just like a one-sided uh 12 12 inch inch, lp and then he was like i don't know if i want to do that but how about this what if i you know because he like released our demo on a tape and it sold out pretty quickly so he's just like i know people who still want to own that demo like on a, a physical format, so why don't we just put the demo on the B side? And we were like, "Oh, cool! That's cool." So, uh, we knew that we wanted to write an LP, mostly just because we wanted to see if we could. Like that, that you know, that was the whole plan after releasing that first record. So, um, we started working on it. I don't even know when, like, we officially started writing for it. But we knew we were going to do, like, 10 to 12 songs. And then started putting it together. We had very basic versions of everything for a while. And then we had, like, a version that we were going to go record. It was, yeah, we were supposed to record that, what, like, May of 2020? April. April. We were supposed to go record April 2020. And I think in, like... November or December pre-COVID we we were just like we had a conversation um, where we were just like we're not done with these songs they're not finished and uh, like I was having trouble putting lyrics to them and stuff and so like we pretty much just all sat down and decided we need to delay this like we, we have to we have to record later and so we we made uh, we like delayed our appointment to go record in Chicago um, until November. I think we delayed it earlier than that. I can't remember the, the exactly the how, but like but like we we weren't going to go in April. I think we were going to go in the summer. Yeah, and then we were going to you know keep writing, keep working on the songs, kind of making them better, uh, making them feel finished. And then COVID happened. And so, like, we had to delay recording until November. I could be misremembering that. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember anything. That sounds about right. But, uh, yeah, we, so we, we, we were going to go record in November. We spent basically the summer, like, we would have practice and it would be like, okay, we have this song. What can we do to make it better? And, and we just did that for yeah, a while. Yeah, it was really focused practicing and just like rehearsing the song and be like all right how how can we take this to like the next level or or you know try to perfect it in some way yeah. rather than just being like all right that's eh, good enough let's just yeah. move on and like 
James has always... James has been, like, kind of the creative force behind everything. You know, he, he was the one who, like, wanted, you know, like, we're starting this band. We're going to do this. I'm going to make these t-shirt designs. You know, like, from the beginning. He's always been kind of calling the shots on everything. Um, and, you know, like, we've, we've tried to get more democratic with it over the years. But it's kind of always been James being like, this is how it goes. And uh, he rules with an iron fist. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, and he... Uh, he had always kind of in the back he'd always been bringing up our band is going to break up before you think that it is he would always say stuff like that um he pretty much like put set an expiration date he was just like we're gonna be together three years that's it and uh so we kind of had this idea like there's a good chance this is the last music that we ever write as a band so like we can't just put out pretty good and that was, you know, I think that we put out a better record than pretty good. So that, that time was, was well spent. Right. Yeah, I think I definitely agree with you on that. Like, I, I'd much rather now my mentality is, some, you know, like when I first started this project that I'm doing, like, I just wanted to get stuff out, you know. And, and it, I think it takes, like, yeah, you get momentum going, you get excited, and you want to put shit out. You want to exactly. play shows. But it's I feel like it takes a minute to step back. I have done that recently and just been like, okay, I don't want to play too many shows. I don't want to like, I mean, I want to play shows, but I want them to be good. I, right, want, right. I want our sh I want our show to be good. I want there to be a lot of people there. I want to be selective about it. And like, also with the music, it's like, I don't want it to just be like, oh, this is good enough. Like, I have so many demos just on in my Dropbox oh, that I've no. never done anything with, like little riffs, so, you know, little parts of songs that are like, ah. Eh, if it, if it doesn't grab me right away as something good, like I'm, I can probably come up with something better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If it's not gonna grab, if it's not gonna grab my attention and I'm the one writing it, then right. like, how's what it chance gonna... does it have? Yeah, exactly. But to our point about talking about music that, that that's not very good that people like anyway, <laughs> maybe I should just like yeah, yeah. Throw, throw it out there. <laughs> Do you, what's the worst that can happen? Do you know how? Do you know how much time I spend on, like, I spend on lyrics that end up being, like, ten seconds of a song? It's a lot. And then oh, I hear, yeah. And then I hear the stuff that people put out, and they're, like, and, and, and that people are, like, into, and I'm just like, why do I bother <laughs> even putting any thought into this? Well, especially a band, like, your band, I feel like, is you're right thought provoking lyrics it's thought out it's deep you know it's there's thought put into it and then you hear other stuff that's just like how is this you know yeah right. it's like i mean even stuff just like i don't even know how to, how to like just some of this the stuff I, i'm going back to i'm thinking of radio stuff that, that i'm just like how is this like even popular like, in in hardcore i mean hardcore is not known for having quality lyrics. There are bands that have done it that have like, I mean like, a band like American Nightmare has better lyrics than like everybody at the time. And that set a precedent. Mm -hmm. But like, there are bands that just, it kind of feels like the person, you know, farted out some stuff in <laughs> passive voice. And people were like, yeah, that's cool. This is it. It's like, they, it speaks they, they treat lyrics as just like a thing to happen before the breakdown and mm. that's you know 
Imagine if your bass part was that. Imagine if your drum part was that. Just a thing that happens, you know? Like, you gotta think of it as an instrument. It's it's a crucial part of the song. And if you're not putting thought into it, maybe you should just stop. Yeah, absolutely. Abs- I, I mean, I agree. Like, I that's something that's always drawn me to, to punk in general. It's like, I always loved the bands that, I mean, yeah, I like, the, I like catchy shit. I like melody. But I've always been drawn to the bands that had, like, especially when I was younger, but now, too, like... I think that was part of the draw to punk was like, oh, they're talking about something stuff that to say, I, yeah. yeah, that maybe I've never heard anybody. I grew up on a farm, like <laughs> I've never heard anybody talk about some of these things, right? Politically or, or socially or just like introspective lyrics. Like I've never, I kind of connected with it. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I'm kind of a, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also the type of person that likes to just be alone and think. You know, I I I, I think I'm way more. Uh, I think I've become way more of an introvert as I've gotten older. I like just being at home, and I'm not necessarily a homebody, but I I appreciate my alone time absolutely yeah. more than I do. Like sometimes, you know, after the show, like I played a show on Saturday night, and all day yesterday I didn't want to talk to anybody but my girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like I, it's like okay, you have this, especially after COVID and all this has happened, and like you're going from not talking to any people to like. All of a sudden, there's a hundred people that you haven't seen in a year. It or could two. just drain you. Yeah, it just drains you. And and I I I'm really big on like you know coming down here to the studio and just like sometimes not even trying to write anything, just farting around on my guitar. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, so tell me a little bit about you hinted at it uh, about that the band was going to break up earlier than you expected. Yes. How did all of this like what what kind of led up to that decision? COVID. That's the answer. Yeah, I think they that, that that is the. I mean, James moved away. Um, he did it very abruptly too. Like it was. Um, um, like at the beginning of the year, he kind of was like, "Oh, I think we might move to Cleveland," and then we we're just like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting," and then. It was like he visited Cleveland to go like look at neighborhoods and stuff like that. And he came back and it was like, we're definitely not moving. We are staying. And then like that was the conversation for a couple months. And then one day it was just like, I'm on, I'm on my way to Cleveland right now. And we we're like, why? And he's like, I bought a house. And we we're like, okay. And he's like, I move in three weeks. And we we're just like, oh, okay. He's like, no, don't worry, because, like, uh, I'll be able to come home to play shows, and I'll be able to, like, travel whenever, you know, whenever you guys need me to. Then, then it turns out that... That's easier said than done. He, well, it's easier said than done, but also I, I think that he just... I, I think that James just liked not doing a band. Like, I mean, like I said, you know, we, we it, a lot of it was being pushed by him. So, like, that meant that a lot of the stress fell on him. And so, yeah, it was just like, oh, you mean that I can stay home and still be happy? Why would I leave? You know, that's, that's kind of... And, like, James is... James plays guitar, and I don't think that he would mind me saying this, but he's not a musician um, in the sense that, like, there is no... There's nothing compelling him to do it. It was just a hobby. 
and you know like sometimes you go to the next hobby or sometimes you realize you didn't like something whereas like with me if I'm not like writing stuff like I'll drive myself crazy like I, I, I'll, I'll lose my mind because I don't have you know I have these things that I want to say and I have nowhere to say them so that's it just it, it he, when he realized that he was being fulfilled in other ways that were less stressful, why wouldn't he take it, you know? And now he's got, you know, he's got his wife, he's got two kids, he seems to really like where he is now, you know, like... Yeah, and he, and he obviously, like, worked his ass off, like, unbelievably so over the past couple of years for the band. So I, I think, you know, sort of taking uh, some time off and not having to do that, you know... Yeah, yeah, and I, I think something that you said, Drew, like, if you're happy, then really all that matters is your own happiness, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it doesn't really matter what, and that's such a hard thing because, like, we get into these patterns of, like, wanting to do things to be accepted or we want other people to, like, oh, well, if I do that, I like, so-and-so wants me to go to this event or do this thing or act this way. It's so hard to, like... Or so-and-so wants me to stay in the band. You know, like, right. not not saying that any of you guys are feeling that way, but, like, if you're happy, that's really the only only thing that matters. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it, it's really what it boils down to. And, like, some people kind of, like, will look at, you know, I've went through some major life transitions over the last couple of years, and, like, I don't know what people think. I don't really care because I'm following my own happiness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's I, I don't know, it's, it's put me in a position where like I don't know I'm really weird about like friends I don't have a lot of close friends um, people who are like friendly with me like I put them in that category they're people who are friendly with me but like my friends I got like three close friends and and that's it um, and those are the people who like I'll go out of my way to hang out with and you know like uh I actually like will talk to you on a regular basis. It's not because I don't like other people. It's just that's how my brain compartmentalizes it. And so James is like, James is like, of like my two, like I got like two friends that I consider like my best friend equally. And James is one of them. And for me, it was like, I took it really personally whenever he moved. Um, because, you know, in my mind, it was just like, well, why can't you just stay? And like, like, why, why do you have to leave? You know, like, why can't you just stay where I am? And like, that's such a, like, that's such a selfish way to think. And I know that, but that's just how my, my brain would saw it. And like, it was, I don't know. It was, it was weird. Like the last time that I saw him, uh, before he moved, he kind of was just like, well, I'm going to go now. Okay, bye. And, like, it, it was, like, I'm, like, trying not to be overly sentimental. And he's just, like, yeah, man, it's not like you're never going to see me again. And then, like, now he tells me all the time, yeah, I'll probably never see you again. <laughs> like, that's just how he is. And, and like... Is he playing the show on the 21st? <laughs> he, he is planning to, but I bet if I bet if he could find an excuse not to, he, he wouldn't. Um <laughs> Like, I don't think he wants anything to, like, disrupt his... Which, like, again, it's, like, that's... 
he's happy. You know, you can't, I can't be mad at my friend for being happy, but there is part of me that's just like, why do you get to be happy and I don't, you know? <laughs> because like being in a band is what makes me happy. I'm not happy about any part of my life except this band. And like the people who want to quit, it's not just James, but the people who want to quit are taking that away from me. You know, like how can I not be pissed off about that? You know, it just, it is what it is. Like I, I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be mad at them about it. And I'm really not. It's more so like, I'm just mad at the situation and I'm really bummed out because I thought we were going to get more time, you know, like it's like, it's, it's, it's like finding out that a friend of yours died. It's not a one-to-one comparison because, you know, like bands are way more important than your dead friends, but, (laughs) but the band, the band is an entity. It's, it's a constant, it's, it's a part of my life, you know? Yeah. And so like, yeah, I get, I get, that's the thing that bums me out is that like, there was potential. There was more potential there, over the next coming. There was year. more potential. It's very sudden. We, you know, like we, it kind of just came up that way, um, and we lost almost two years from like mm-hmm. the stuff we had planned, and like we don't get that back now. And it's like, you know, it is what it is. I'm not. I again, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not mad at at the other you know, anybody else in the band. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just upset about the situation that our band has to end. Like, like it has to, you know, that's, that's out of my control. I don't get to, I don't get a say in that, you know, and that's, it is what it is. One of the last time, well, I won't say one of the last times, but like one of the first conversations James and I had after he moved was basically him hinting at that like yo our band is ending soon and I was just like why and he was just like it's just how it goes man sometimes people move on and I was just like why do I have to move on and he got real mad that I said that he was just like don't find somebody else then and and then we didn't talk for like three weeks and it was weird but so do you think you'll do something with music after this my whole position since this band started was that like I'm getting so old that like yelling is taking such a toll on my body and like you know the the physicality of being in a hardcore band is hurting myself you know like it's not I'm not like you know taking microphones and bashing them into my head anymore but like Slow. Oh come on, why not? Because <laughs> the last time Day I job. Because the last time I did it, students were like, "What's up with your face?" And I was just like, "I'm just ugly." And then they ran his pockets. <laughs> but they, yeah, like, uh, uh, it, 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 like, I mean, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm 33. My body hurts after a show. It, it, it's getting to the point where like I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it a hundred percent. So why do it at all? But I also th- thought we had more time. So, like, I don't know. Now I don't know. I'm in this weird position where, like, do I want to start something new and potentially, like, you know, still be 37 and, like, trying to play in a hardcore band? You know, that's not a good look for anybody. Like, it just really isn't, you know? 
I keep trying to get him to start somewhere with me, but he's he's being I, he's being apprehensive, uh, and yeah, it's, it's hurting my feelings. He's through. he's 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 sent me stuff, and he's just like, yo, like we should do, and I'm just kind of like, I don't know, like I'm I'm in this weird position. He sent me uh he sent me some songs that were cool, but it's like way outside of like my purview and I I feel intimidated by it like I don't know how to write to that mm. and so it's just like I don't know if I can do that and so like I don't know but it, right now it's I'm just so focused on like we got these two shows let's make the best of them yeah like I will definitely be at the show at the sinkhole I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like are you guys doing pre-sales because there's going to I don't think thinking so. Thinking that there's probably going to be a, a lot of people there. And the I, place I have does no not idea. hold very many people. I have no idea. <laughs> um, no pre-sales. Just uh, just show up on October 21st. It's a Thursday, 7.30 p.m. And it's time and pressure. I know Life Sucks is playing as well. Who? Uh, Discourage. Discourage. Uh, from uh, California. We did a split with them over COVID. Uh then um, Chemical Fix, who is like okay, yeah. our best friends in They just hardcore. put out a new record this year. They did, it's, it's great. Incredible. Um, and then Fixation, the who is like, shares members with Chemical Fix. Um, those three out of town bands, and uh, we are also all going to play uh, that prom court event in Oklahoma. Yeah. And that's gonna be our very last show. That'll be fun. That'll be super fun. Promcore, we played in 2019, and it opened up a lot of doors for us. Like, um, we we didn't we we didn't expect anyone to like care about our set, and when we played, like there were a lot of people watching us, and we were just like, oh, that's kind of wild. This was like, it was like two weeks after you know before we were recording, we were talking about this knocked loose show that we played, yeah, and it was like. Two weeks after that, and those two shows together were just like, oh, like, there's something here, you know? Like, those were the first times when we really, or at least for me, like, that I, I feel like, oh, people kind of actually really care about this. And, uh, uh, yeah, like, Promcore, like, we, we got exposed to a lot of cool bands who, like, we ended up becoming friends with. Um, we did a small tour with Defeater because, like, they saw the oh, video sick. from Promcore and, like, reached out to, to for us to do, like, some Midwest shows with them. And, like, it was... it So, like, kind of makes sense for Promcore to be the last one um, just because it, it, it was, like, such a game changer for us the first time we played it. Yeah. Hey, man, things come full circle sometimes, weirdly there like that. Yeah, our, our the show we played at the Heavy Anchor uh, la on Saturday, our last show before COVID was at the Heavy Anchor too. I just like, I didn't even I didn't register to me when I did that. Yeah, but like I think it's cool when things like that happen. You know, it's it's very uh, serendipitous. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so changing gears a little bit. Change um, those gears. First of all, I'm I'm really sad you guys are breaking up, but I'm glad. Me you're right too. Now, so. Okay, yeah. so two, I, think, two, I think Drew and I are the only ones that are, but. I think Blake is Blake is our bass player. He's like traveling. He's he's moving to join Chemical Fix. Oh, okay. Um, and like he's he's the young one in the band, so like he's gonna have so many opportunities just from moving to a different part of the country. That like, yeah, it's it's it's. No, it's I'm, I'm definitely good. stoked for him. Um, the uh, some of the some of the other guys in the band, you know, like they're ready to put it to bed, and I get it. 
I understand. So, I we asked today on three one four punk what what do you want to talk to? And I didn't share any of the uh, answers. What do you want to know about uh, from the guys in Time and Pressure? Um, Matt Chapin of Dialogue asks, "What are your favorite venues in town?" Sinkhole. Sinkhole. I'd, I I described Sinkhole to a friend of mine the other night as. Uh, if the original creepy crawl was yes. had had possessed a small room, that's like it's like the, oh yeah the spirit of the creepy yeah. crawl, but it's in a tiny room. Totally agree. Totally agree with that. Yeah, I love I love going to shows there. Yeah. Like I played there once. Um, one of I will be playing there again sometime soon. But yeah, I really like that. I just you walk in and it just feels like home for yeah. sure. Yeah, it it's, it's, it's perfect. It makes sense as a place for like a band like us to play. Absolutely. That's an awesome thing. I like that there's no stage. You're just on the floor. Yeah. Like, even, you know, I know that's that's kind of more common for hardcore bands. Like, you go out into the crowd and sing in people's faces and pass the mic and stuff. Like, it's it's a little bit different, you know, because I'm always behind my guitar. Right, but right. Like, but still, I like having peep someone standing right here. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Um, okay, I'm going to save that one for last. Uh what is David's favorite place to fly? Ooh. Um, are, you, are you a pilot? I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, in the air, obviously. Like, that's the answer, right? Like, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's more interesting in the air than on the ground, that's for sure. No, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's more about the destination, right? So... Um, so what what kind of planes are we ta- are we talking about? Like it's like a it's like a flying gas station. Are you like a, 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 a commercial pilot for Southwest Airlines? Or I, I or? wish no. That's that's the goal. It's it's like a uh, that's the dream, baby. That's that's the dream. Be a bus driver. No, it's uh it's like a flying gas station. Other planes come up and get gas from us. Um, but the uh, yeah the coolest spot. I don't know. I love flying into into Germany because of oh, wow. uh, all the stuff on the ground in Germany. Cool. Very cool. So I was just there last month. So that's very interesting. Do you remember? This is totally off. Did you guys ever play the Top Gun video game for Nintendo? Yeah, yeah. you can't land on the damn aircraft carrier. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, where you can't land on. Well, I eventually so, got the landing down, but I couldn't get the, the air refueling. refueling down. That's what that's Dave the does. Hardest, I could that is not the get that down. That game, Dave, Dave is the guy who refuels the jets. Yeah, I'm, that's, I'm a, up there that's gotta be a Tom huge Cruise, plane, man. Right? That's gonna yeah, be it's a pretty huge big. Plane. Yeah, it's like uh, it, it's kind of like a commercial airliner. Is like so derived how did you, from it? Did you go to like? Were you in the military and flew? Just a, or yeah, like, like a school. Okay. Uh, it's like a two-year process to go through and get all your. All your stuff, and then come back and start flying. Went to flight school, man. Yeah. That's Went to awesome, flight school. Well, that's incredible. Should have been a truck. Did you meet Val Kilmer? Is he still alive? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, I oh, I gotta watch that documentary. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I haven't seen Dude, it, but you Val, do. you know, I hope he's doing all right. He, you know, I was just talking to my girlfriend about this. Like, when he was in Tombstone as uh, Doc, Doc Holliday, Holliday yeah. that was like, I feel like that was like peak Val Kilmer time, right? Like I would say so, because I mean, he, he, what, what he, he had like, so he had Top Gun, he had Tombstone, he, uh, um, uh, Heat was like around that time, like yeah. late 90s, early, but then like, or sorry, late 80s, early 90s. Batman really kind of threw off his career. 97. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, think so too. It was 95. Like, like, he was 95, yeah. yeah. I feel uh, like that, okay, so the next question that on here that I saved was, and this is for you, Drew, 
What are your favorite comics of all time? <laughs> Same. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a top. Five. Are, are you a comic dude as well? Or I mean, or? I, not not at the level he is. Okay, he's, okay. he's the professional. I I, I do want to say merely this, an amateur. Prefacing this for people that that don't know, I love your um, like I'd never met you before, but we have a lot of mutual friends. Like yeah, I was in a band with like Travis, of course, yeah. and Kevin Kraus. Yeah, and I know you know Justin, who's in yeah. my band now. But I love like I, I found you on TikTok, yeah. And, and like you have a pretty decent following for of, for like your comic book stuff. Yeah, and I'm I an think influencer. that's really He's cool, man. Like it's I like it. I just I know you said earlier that your opinion doesn't matter, but like I think it does to a lot of people. I can you know just what I mean? pretend. Like, <laughs> Uh, but I think it's cool to see you like putting that out, and when you do like the when you get you know buy your comics and do the round where you like lay each of them down and show what you got, like yeah, I'm kind of like I, oh I need to read that I need to look into that. Like, I just you know? try to like there are things that have been very good to me in my life, and so I try to in any way that I can get other people to maybe give it a chance to, and that's that's just that's my whole thinking behind that, you know. Uh, it's the same thing with like why I became a teacher books have been very good to my life So like if I can get one kid to learn how to read a book in a way that affects them That's you know that that's that's uh, That's a good day for me. You know? Hell yeah um, So my favorite comics ever I'll give you a top five. Yeah, give me a top five um, And this is really in no particular order other than number one. My favorite comic of all time is The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Okay. Um, incredible book. I read it all the time. Um, it's, you know, uh, I, I own multiple versions of, of the collections of it. Um, I was thinking about buying another one just yesterday because it's one that I don't have. You uh, borrow that, man. I will. Okay. I will let anyone borrow Sandman. Let me Sandman. get it. Uh, there was a, uh, I forgot who the, there was a comic book writer who said Sandman gets around in relationships more than STDs and like, yeah, it does. Uh, it's, it's, it is the greatest comic book of all time. It's my favorite piece of fiction out of anything. Really? Movies, comic books, fiction, like, like novels. It's better than all of them. Okay, I'm gonna have to check this out. It's so the, good. I have read one Neil Gaiman, and it was American Gods. So American Gods actually takes place in the same universe as Sam. Okay, okay. Um, I need to. I the, definitely need to. The read only it. way that you would know that is because uh, in chapter seven he describes a character from Sandman and her dog sitting at a bar, and that's it. It's very easy to look over, but interesting. But yeah, uh, if you liked American Gods. Sandman is in the same vein, but it's um, it's way deeper because it, okay. I mean it's it's longer. It's you know uh, and there's a movie of it, right? There's not a movie. Netflix there's, there's is a, Netflix is making it. a okay. series of it that comes out sometime soon. They have not released uh, the the the. Uh, release dates or anything. On I that, think but. I'm thinking of Mirror Mask. Mirror is that, Mask is... Uh, is that Neil Gaiman too? Neil Gaiman wrote Mirror Mask with uh, Dave McKean, who is... Uh, he's a comic book artist who um, does a lot of mixed media stuff. Okay. Um, and he did all of the covers for Sandman. So that's okay. like how they know each other. Interesting. And Dave McKean is like the... He did all of the art in Mirror Mask. Um. Yeah. Okay. So number one, Sandman. Sandman is incredible. I'm just keeping you on track here. <laughs> if you if you 
If you don't, I will not shut up about it. Okay, number two. Uh, probably Watchmen. Yes. Um, Watchmen is the most important superhero book of all time. Um, I think you know a, a lot of a lot of people are going to hold Stan Lee in very high regard in terms of like mm-hmm. the most important comic book writers. I think that Stan Lee was a crook and a criminal um, who stole everything from Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby, but that's just me. Uh, Jack Kirby is the real mastermind behind most of those characters, but that's a whole other story. I totally uh, agree with you though, Watchmen. I, I love it. I Alan, own, Alan I own Moore, a copy. Love the movie, love the HBO series. Like Alan Moore is the greatest comic writer of all time. Um, he is unparalleled. He had an un well has. I mean, he doesn't write, make comics anymore because he hates the comics industry. But like he has such an understanding of that medium that it's it's untouched. Um, his his scripts are incredible on their own. If you can manage to like find one. Um, just the level of thought that goes into it is is unbelievable. We actually have a song uh, that heavily references Watchmen. Okay. Uh, I throw comic references into our songs all the time, but the, uh, we have a song called Hiroshima Lovers that is on uh, uh, the 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 first record. Um, that's uh, a symbol from a recurring symbol from Watchmen. Uh, the Hiroshima lovers, and it's just like references to Watchmen on top of references to things that Watchmen is referencing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's references it's, all the way. Yeah, down. I mean, which is what Watchmen <laughs> is. Watchmen is full of these like crazy references that like change meaning depending on you know where yeah. it falls in the book and stuff like that. Um, okay, number three. Number three Dark Knight Returns. Uh, okay. By Frank Miller. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, good. yeah. Okay, yeah. They the, made like an animated movie of that. They did, yeah. and I'm the only person in the world who doesn't like it. <laughs> the only person in the world who doesn't like it. Who voices it? Is Peter it Weller. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, a RoboCop, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I'm very protective of Dark Knight Returns. Um, it's like I, I think it is the greatest piece of Batman media ever made, uh, and it it. I mean, like, I, I I met Frank Miller and like I had him sign a copy of it of, oh, wow. of my first issue and uh, I I like talked to him about like wanting to write comics and stuff like that uh, and it, it it was that's a very cool moment in my life uh, he I mean that book is not a great. It's, it's not what I would ever give somebody who was, like, just, like, a fan of Batman. But I think that because because it's, like, it's not really a Batman story. It is. Like, it, it uses the characters of Batman and Superman and to tell a very political story about Frank Miller's... It's Frank Miller channeling, like, what the, you know, how how dark and sinister the American 1980s were at a time when... The president was insisting it's morning in America, and that's you know that it was him working through that basically, and he was using these very American symbols as a way to do that. You know, mm. and it's like, it's it's constructed so well. Um, you can there's a single page in Dark Knight Returns that I think does all of the literary elements visually, uh, that you can just put that in front of somebody and be like, okay, 
now we're gonna interpret this, you know, and you could spend an hour talking about it. Wow. I know this because I have. <laughs> um, um, my favorite crime series of all time is Scout uh, by Jason Aaron and Arnim Guerra, uh, which is, the best way to describe it is it's um, The Wire, if The Wire took place on a Native American reservation. Okay. Um, it, it is a heartbreaking book. It's very sad. Um, it's all, all about, you know, like how the history of the United States has made life terrible for the remaining indigenous people. Um, I mean, like it's, it's very different from a superhero book in that like the continuity doesn't reset, you know? So like there's a part when there are characters in the book Mm -hmm. who are using very hard drugs and they just like as the story goes on like they're drawn to be like withering away because mm. they're you know they're, yeah. they're making themselves sick and it's it's a very it's really heavy um, but it's it's a wonderful book um, and then number five um, let's see um, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know that I would call it like one of my favorites of all time, but one of the first that comes to mind is a book called The Underwater Welder. Okay. Uh, by Jeff Lemire. Oh, um, Jeff Lemire. Yeah. yeah, I love Jeff Lemire. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the Sweet Tooth? Uh, the TV um, show. Yeah. Uh, I like it. It's very different from the book. Very. very agreed. From agreed. Book. Yeah. Because uh, the book is like hard R in terms of like content. Yeah. Um, and the and the TV show is a little more family friendly. Um, and I don't mind that they did that. Um, but see now like that I'm saying this, I'm like, oh man, why the last man is really good too. And they have a TV show of that. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't. TV show is great. Uh, The the book is wonderful. Um, man, I love comics. (laughs) Yeah. No, dude, Uh, you should start a comic podcast. I, I, I used to have one that was like a podcast. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see it because this is audio. Uh, but like. Yeah, it was just me, like, with a group of friends talking about stuff that we read that week. Um, You know, like, when people think of comics, they always think of superheroes. Um, And superheroes are the the pop music of the comics industry. Um, Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, they're they're the top 40. They're kind of just there to sell records or to sell to sell books. Um, every now and then you'll get something that is actually like, like good and well thought out. Like, I mean, you know, Watchmen is that Alan Moore's book, Miracle Man or Marvel Man in the UK is that, uh, Swamp Thing is, is that, um, but like in, in recent years, like Tom King's, I would say all of Tom King's superhero work has been something like that, um, where it is, it takes the, you know, pop music structure and then twist it on its head so that you get something like I don't know I don't know what would be comparable like you know I think Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus is an actually good song uh, that is just happens to be a pop song mm-hmm. you know um, th- that's what I would compare it to like it's it's uh, his work on Vision if if you liked WandaVision, you have to read The Vision by Tom King. Um, it's not the same premise by any means, but it definitely like has the same kind of vibe, and they borrowed from it a lot. Um, his his miracle, uh, Mister Miracle book is 
this really cool book about uh, like generational trauma and working through family trauma um, using uh, you know a Jack Kirby God character. Um, his his most recent Rorschach book uh, is really good. Uh, as somebody who is very I read everything that's like Watchmen related, but most of it I don't like. Uh, and I think that that coupled with the 2019 HBO show are like the best Watchmen material that aren't the original book. Like his, his Rorschach is great, man. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check that out. It's, it's so good. Awesome. Well, dude, Thank you guys both. I really appreciate There's it. There's one we more could, thing oh, we have to talk about. on forever. But. There's one more thing we have to talk about before oh, we get out of here. Yeah. I was going to ask, what's anything else you want to talk about? Yes. <laughs> the only thing that, like, one of the reasons why I wanted to come on this podcast. We have to talk about STL Punk, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Of course. I've heard you mention it a couple times on the podcast, but nobody's actually talked about what it was. Oh, well, dude, I that that was something that like the first thing that I remember about STL Punk was like I remember some somebody telling me about it. I don't even remember who, and this was probably 1999. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, like this I, was this was this when you could make a a, or a profile or was it just Be- for bands before that? Okay, it was even before that, and it was just like a message board. Yeah, like the band didn't even have it. Was just like you went to this. There wasn't even much there. It was like you went to this page, and people you could have a username. But people could post anonymously, so people were just talking oh, shit. Oh, I, I used so to, much. I used to do that to people. I used to do that to people all the time. Lamb go <coughs> comment section. Pe- people were talking so much shit, and like, you know, I'm just a positive. Like, I'm not a shit talker. I'm like the worst shit talker ever. If I even try to say anything bad about somebody, like I, even if I'm sometimes just stating my opinion, I feel bad. You know, right. like I'm like. Like that, I'm like passing judgment on something. So yeah. I, I'm I'm just not that way. I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't like it, but I'm not gonna say anything bad about it. But like, um, I remember it just like evolving. Like, yeah. It, it, it but then like you could just have a bit. Your band could have a page, and then you could put up photos. And then I, like, it, it. I find it very hard to believe that anybody listening to this probably isn't aware of it. But like, I know that there are like some fans of ours that are younger or like people who. <laughs> Maybe from like out of town or something. Um, basically, you know, like I'm, I'm talking straight into the microphone here to explain <laughs> this. SEO Punk is, it was like a pioneer in social media. So ahead of its time. Before, it, yeah, before yeah. social media was a, was a term, before it was a thing. Like it predates MySpace. It predates Friendster. You know, like all of these things. And it was just like, lo- it was like centralized to here. And it was like... It started out as just a way for people to find out about like local bands or local shows that were happening, yeah. um, and then they added like, oh, you can you can make a profile for your band so that you can like reach out to fans, and that was really helpful. And then it was like, so you could like before the MySpace bulletin days, you know, you could you could like send out a message that ended up on like the 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 page of every person who you know followed your band. Yeah, and then like it became like a use like you could add. You could add your user profile where you put your pictures and you know your bad HTML coding. It was like coding. a little My- MySpace profile. It was, it was yeah. yeah. And, and you could have all these emojis like 
if you if you were like a Christian, there was like religion, so like you there was one. Oh, and it with was a that cross, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, across and, the top. And right. if you were an atheist, it was like the cross with like like the bad religion. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, the cross yeah. buster. Yeah, yeah and it was there like, was like the yeah. little, the little Joey Ramone. If you were like you could call yourself a Ramones fan. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it had a section <laughs> of like. Where it linked to local bands that you liked, yeah. that you followed, mm-hmm. so that like you could easily like show other people those. And there was like a section of other bands that you liked. And if and, you got every week there on the front page, I remember there was like if your band was if you got it was the like most the hottest, hits, yeah, the hottest. If you got the most hits, I think it was like the top forty maybe. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like when my a couple of times my band got in like I was in this band called the Livingston Project. Oh, okay, yeah, with, couple, with Kevin, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a couple of times we got into like the top ten, and we were like, "We are fucking making it!" Like, <laughs> we're gonna be huge. We, we <laughs> yeah, like it real was, rock star shit. I totally. so uh, there's a there's a hardcore podcast called Axe to Grind, and. Uh, they did like a, an episode where they were talking about like kids in punk and kids in hardcore for some reason are always on the like the threshold of trends like like whether it's a clothing trend or something like we just know about it before it gets to like the general public and he was just like they were they were talking about like yeah social media was like a big thing for kids in punk and kids in hardcore and like you know the adjacent genres as well i mean obviously like emo was so like it was so tied to myspace and stuff like mm-hmm. that uh because of you know these these sorts of reasons and uh i like reached out i like sent them a, a message and it was just like yo there was this thing in st louis called stl punk and like i kind of explained what it was and they hit me back and they were just like we know about that like people on the coasts knew about that website because Dude, like it's crazy it was like it was like a thing that like oh we should try to get that for our scene too, yeah you know right. well I, I, I remember it eventually getting so big that if your band wanted to have its own page you, you to had pay. to put you had to pay like forty dollars or something like that I can't remember how much it was it maybe had been in closer to a hundred but like you had to put a check in the mail and mail it to this dude to, to because Jerome. he was like I can't he was like I can't keep doing yeah, this his yeah. servers for were free too yeah, he, yeah yeah he was like I just can't keep going with this. It's too insane. Yeah. And um, and it was his name was his name was Jerome. And uh, any money he had left over went to his daughter. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, his yeah. I totally remember I, that. I I want to find Jerome. What is Jerome doing? I, I don't know. No idea. His daughter's got to be like a a senior in college. At oh this point. yeah, or like oh. or graduated. Dude, yeah, yeah. She's totally. a, she's got her doctorate totally. by now. <laughs> We, and we all sent her to college from our, <laughs> yeah, our exactly. bands. I remember, I remember in the Community. early, early Ziggy and the Love Darts days, um, <laughs> full circle. Yeah. Uh, they like if you wanted to be verified, if you if you wanted to be able to upload your songs to your STL Punk page, you had to be verified. And so we had these recordings that we wanted people to hear, and so we like. We were so like I was I was 15 at the time. We didn't have jobs, you know. We didn't have money, so uh, we played a show. We played a show and like it was like the first. It was the first show that I had ever booked because our the original iteration of the band was so bad that like the one place that ever actually like let us play there told us we could never come back. <laughs> um, and so like. 
I used to rent out this like uh, uh, basically like a banquet center, and I would just be like, okay, fine. If people don't want us to play their places, we'll bring people to play. You know, and I would just reach out to my favorite local bands and be like, come play the show with us. It's gonna be cool. Anyway, uh, at the time I thought that was real lame, but actually, like looking back, that's kind of a cool thing that I totally. did. Totally. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> We played this show. We were like, "Hey, we want to we want to be able to put our songs on STL Punk." So like, we're gonna pass around a hat. If you want to throw some money in the hat, it'll all go to getting us verified. It didn't. I think I bought condoms with it. <laughs> <laughs> with the intention, better, better spent. With the intention of like, oh, I'll put that money back, and then I never did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he no. s- then he he sold it to John Mancuso. Oh, I That's remember right. this. Yes. Like 2005, this. Yes. 2006, okay. yeah. And he, and it, it was kind of on the downturn at yeah, that well, point, you know. Like MySpace was a thing. Yeah. At, at that point, Facebook was a thing for college students, you know. Yeah. Like it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't. It had served its purpose. Yeah. It. it but for for a few years there in the early 2000s, Dude, it you, was so. The, those were such the golden years of like. I mean, I feel like we're in a good. There's a lot of cool things happening in St. Louis with music right now, so I don't want to like discredit us, but like that was such a cool time. It where, was like it was it was huge. Yeah, and you could you could meet. I remember there was a girl that I met. Um, I played a show, and she was at my show, and then like she posted on my my STL Punk page that I had a nice smile, <laughs> and and we ended up like messaging or exchanging yeah. numbers and like dated a little bit. Like yeah. when I was like, I Dude, was probably like 21 was, at the time. What was your STL Punk name? Oh, I think the I would the name of my band was the Citation at the time. Okay. So it was it was just like Citation underscore West, or West yeah. the Citation or so like we all had it like we all had like our our we change our usernames to like what band we were right. in to like brand it. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. I can't remember what it was, but dude, do you remember any of yours? Super Dave. Super Dave. Oh. <laughs> Super Dave Osborne. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever watch dude, that, that was on all my emails too. God, I, was I such totally a nerd. forgot about. I, mean, I still Super am. Dave. Yeah. Did you I did watch the cartoon. You watched the cartoon. What was yours? I bet you had a clever one. It, I didn't. <laughs> was it Drew Deficit? No. Uh, it, it, I think it ended up being Drew Deficit eventually. So um, you're on my phone as. Uh, there are people who just know me as that because uh, people didn't know my last name. They're just like, oh, that's Drew from the Deficit. So they would just call me that. And I liked the alliteration of it. So that's the username I've used for everything ever since. Like, that's my Instagram name. It's my TikTok name. Uh, but You uh, can't give it up now. My, it's his brand. Yeah, it's who I am. <laughs> my, uh, my S- I had a, a, a few different STL Punk names, but the one that I remember the longest was, it was the number one. So it was One People, One Struggle, uh, which is the name of an anti-flag song from uh, 2004. <laughs> And I was like, I had, I, I like blasted politics on my, on my page oh, yeah. and stuff like that. You know, like. Oh yeah. People were always getting into arguments and yeah, shit on there. Yeah, it was great. There. I like, loved it. I mean, see, I'm not a big, I'm not a big, like, I don't like getting into arguments. I, I, so I'm not like. I trolled you know. people really hard on STL <laughs> And I wasn't good at it. I just thought that I was. <laughs> I remember one time, I remember one time, it, it was pure jealousy. <laughs> Like I, I could admit that now, but at the time I was like, "You've made headway." I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I've I've shown real character growth. Yeah. Um, in high school, there was this pop punk band at my school, and I always had a chip on my shoulder about them because I didn't think they were very good, 
but everybody loved them. And it was just because, like, they were popular kids. Um, and so, like, one day I just decided I was mad at their bass player. I didn't really have anything personal against him at all, but I was just like, I can play better than that guy. So I just went on their STL Punk page, and I was like, your bass player sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh then, and then we, we ended up playing a show with them, and I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to show off. You were the just whole ripping time. out all, yeah, all, that's, all that's the jazz, jazz skills. Yeah, really yeah. getting that. <laughs> and we, like, we, we, we covered Rancid that night. We covered Maxwell Murder. And oh, was my just God. Like, I was just like, yeah, we're going to play this in front of that guy. You know? <laughs> like, I remember he like came up to me afterwards and was like, you're a really good bass player. And I was just like, damn it, I'm supposed to be mad at you. Stop doing this. <laughs> it totally like, didn't get to him at all. Like, he it like, didn't bother him one yeah, bit. No. Like, <laughs> oh, oh man. No, that's, I mean, and honestly, like, that's, I mean, obviously that was part of the inspiration for this 314 Punk thing. Is like, I know, like, I've heard you say that we, too, and it's just like, why is nobody talking about it? We needed just a centralized yeah. thing where like, you know, now if, if somebody's from out of town, if, if you were going to like come to St. Louis and somebody was like, I wonder what punk stuff to do in St. Louis is, like you could go through that entire feed and just like now yeah, I mean, we're reaching, we're getting close, close to like 100 posts or something yeah. like there's a hundred posts of different bands that have been tagged and been on this podcast and, you know, like that we've shouted out that now it's like, you don't have any excuse to like not know what's going on, you know? And there's, I'm bad. I'm always blown away, uh, blown away by like how much is happening. Like there just wasn't, Oh, uh, there was nothing there bringing it all together. And I don't think I'm any kind of genius for doing it. Like, yeah, no, I, li- I just cool. like, like I said, I like making connections with yeah. people. I like, I, if people are finding like what you said about you know books and like if I'm enthusiastic and passionate about punk in St. Louis and I want other people to know about it and that's really all that I'm doing it for you know yeah. so but we're all a part of it you know everybody's a part of it so um, but no I'm glad you brought that up because dude it's a, it's a, it's a fun walk down memory road I, for yeah. sure I get like stupid weird and nostalgic for it sometimes and I use the internet archive the way back, way machine, back machine, yeah. to like go find like see if I can find my STL punk page oh, and I'll do that every now and then and uh, yeah it's uh, I don't know it's 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 cool I think that you are uh, I think that what you're doing is in that same vein like I think you are accomplishing what you're doing thanks so man, if, appreciate you, that. if you don't if you ever think that you're not, uh, I, I listen to every podcast that you put out, uh, even if it's like, most of the time they're bands that I don't know, that I've never heard of, who are like local, and, and, and honestly, if I'm being honest, most of the time they're bands that I, whose music I don't really like, but I still listen, I like, I like listening to sure. them, you know, and like, I hear the, the show... Like when you when you do the show list, you know, at yeah. the the beginning or at the top, or like sometimes you do the ones that are just like a, a, a short little episode. Where you're oh like, yeah, I haven't you know, done I'm that gonna, in a minute. I'm gonna read the shows, like yeah, you know, stuff like that. So I haven't like, done that in a minute. The proof yeah. is in the pudding. Oh, thank <laughs> so. you, man. I I appreciate that. Well, no, I I feel like everybody that I've most people that have been on the podcast are like, it's really cool what you're doing, and you know, we need something like this. And yeah, like, absolutely. For it, it's a little bit selfish too because I wanted a I wanted to a way to get 
out what I was doing with my own music to people in St. Louis. I mm -hmm. felt like I had a lot of like, I had found some other like zines and blogs and stuff that were like willing to put my stuff out like on a larger level, but I but there was nothing local. There, there was nothing here. local, and a lot of people here. I was like, there were so many people here that like didn't know. You know, there's guys that practice down the hall that I'd never met that didn't know the name of my band, my name, or who like yeah, I never right, heard my right. music. You know, and I and I'm kind of like there needs to be something to like bridge that gap a little bit. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like so. Um, no, that means a lot, and I, I definitely like. You know, there's there's always going to be time. I feel like um, anytime you're doing anything creative, discouragement is always going to be an obstacle to overcome. You're always going to feel at some point like nobody's listening or nobody cares, and so I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, awesome. When That's I'm discouraged, I'm going to think <laughs> Drew Deficit is listening. Yeah, <laughs> you got the, the the Drew Deficit seal of approval. <laughs> Thank you. It's very valuable. Yeah. That's why the word deficit is not it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. This was great. I really yeah, yeah absolutely great Thanks to meet us. you guys and talk with you. And I'll see you at your show on the twenty first. On the twenty first of October, it's a Thursday, seven thirty p.m. at the Sinkhole. Punk time is dead. Punk time dead. is dead. Good night. <laughs>